podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is the Scarlet Supporters Podcast. You can contact us on all the usual social media platforms or you can email us on scarletspems at gmail.com. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Scarlet's podcast, including Westerer is Vesta and Sospan Central. Joining me as always is Big M and Hugh. I have got a nickname for Hugh. So uh, good evening, gentlemen. How are you both? Evening and good evening. So Hugh's nickname is now officially Flat Cap because I saw the phone. Flat Cap. Flat Cap. Because right. I saw right. the phone. Go on, Ed. Wait there. Okay, right. So for the for you and Mark, I'm about to disappear, but for listeners at home, I'll still be here because I'm on my headphones, right? So bear with. <laughs> right, so he had a bit of an adventure on the weekend and put a, a, a photo on Twitter. And he was, I mean, there was the countryside look to him. Do you know what I mean? It was the big barber jacket. And a rather I did not natty have a barber flash. jacket on. I did not have a barber jacket on. I, yeah, you I, did. No, I, I didn't. I know what I was and wasn't wearing. And a walking had, um, stick and a pipe. <laughs> I had my, big wellies uh, on up to his thighs. I had my Guinness, my Guinness um, rugby jersey on. I didn't. I was going to wear my Fiji top, but because I was with some actual Fijians, I thought that might not go down so well. Right. So I've got my um, my big, Jesus, big box of stash. This is my big box of rugby stash, and if I dig in here enough, is that it? Should be one in here somewhere. How many? I am flat looking caps for. I haven't got. I haven't got many flat caps, but the one that I have got, which is relevant, the is the Brad Moore one with the Scarlet's logo on it. So I'm trying to find it at the moment, but it's here. Yeah. I don't know why we are. We stopped selling them. I mean, they're they're an ample piece of bloody. Uh... Stock to have in the, in the bloody club shop. Yeah, they're and they were. Yeah. Them all the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're a bit small though. I've got my scarf. I got that scarf. Well, my boy got that scarf. Mm. Yeah, it's just a bit small compared to my other flat caps. <laughs> right, I'll yeah. find it. Right, keep talking. Move on. Okay, anyway. and we will repost the uh, uh, the photo of Hugh in his his. Country we'll make sure he's in the right attire when we go <laughs> Yeah. So flat cap. So uh, uh, big M and flat cap. So uh, while while Hugh goes digging in his attic to find his flat cap, Mark, how's your week been, mate? Uh, I had a bit of an up and down week. I did. Um, I mentioned last week uh, I was meant to be off to the Avray on sevens with the boy, mm-hmm. but uh, night before, or I should say, early early hours of the boy was uh, up. Uh, not being too well in the bathroom so oh, um unfo- unfortunately you know it's you know it's not the best for a nine-year-old to be uh, playing after something like that so we thought you know what we'll uh we'll just knock it on the head but uh towards you know the middle of the day you know three four o'clock he started feeling up right you know feeling upbeat so the missus thought you know what we're going to rill like, what are you going to rill for a show like oh brilliant so uh <laughs> we, we we ended up in rill for uh for a couple of nights and uh, watched the A show on a Sunday and uh, it, was, it was a good day. Not as good as the Swansea A show, but uh, a good day on itself. But don't they just have the same things that they just like fly around the UK and like one week they're in Swansea and the next week they're in Rill and what do they have like? Not different exactly. 
they they are there are different ones. There are like staples that stay, like the Battle of Britain ones. The you always get the red arrows, mm. but uh, a, a lot of them there are you know quite a few differences. Like the typhoon hasn't been in Swansea for a couple of years, but and it was in real on Saturday, and I'm gutted I missed it. Oh, the sound that thing makes is unreal. So you sound excited by that, and I'm just like it's just plane's a plane. As long as it flies, it's fine. It's, it'll do. Yeah, there's a guy at yeah. my work who's dead into planes, and every time a plane flies over, he says, oh, it looks like a so-and-so. It looks like a one of them. And I'm like, I'll take word for it, mate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it looks like a big old white thing with wings, to be honest to me. Yeah. But, uh, well, a long time ago, when I used to be running retail stores, and we used to have an auditor that used to come in, and he was absolutely obsessed with planes. And um, it was when uh, Radar 24 first launched. So if you were missing a couple of signatures on a piece of paper, you'd come into the office and you'd go, Lee, just can you have a look at these bits here for me? And you'd go, oh, yeah, okay. I tell you what, Steve, let, let me have a look at those. Show me that radar app thing again now. And then as as he showed me his <laughs> radar app, I'd slip the pieces of paper behind to my deputy, nip out the room, get all the signatures filled in, and then pass them back to me. And I'd have to keep talking to Steve about what planes would go. So oh, that's that's going out to Belfast. Oh, that's, and and how high is it? And how do you, now how do you get that photo and all this kind of stuff? So, and about three audits, he came in, didn't actually. He just thought everywhere, everywhere he went was really interested in his his flight radar app. So yeah, it is really interesting. Oh, it, it really is. Just... You go, no, go on it. Like, obviously, he was dead during COVID, obviously. But you go mm. on it. The amount of planes in the sky is absolutely unreal. Yeah. And, you know, you zoom in further and further. And they're so close to each other. It is really unreal. Mm. But, yeah, I, I had to follow the boy this morning. The boy was on his way to Alicante um, for a lad's whoop, weekend. Whoop. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to this one at all. But, uh, so, yeah, it was, he, he drove up yesterday. And then it was like, as he was driving up, all the stuff was happening about all the airspace closing down. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was up at like six o'clock this morning on my phone tracking his aeroplane to see what time it was leaving. It was meant to leave at six and it left at eight. So not too bad. I think we got away with it. So, so Hugh, tell us about your weekend, mate. Tell us, uh, tell us about the adventures of the flat cap. Okay, so I uh, I put out on Twitter a couple of weeks ago because I've been doing loads of content over on my Twitter and on a couple of other places about Fiji and how uh, basically uh, I'm admiring all the amazing things that they're doing. And of course, I've been putting out a lot of content about England as well and how badly that they're doing. Um, and uh, so I put out just a tweet like, can anyone sort me out uh, a ticket to see England versus Fiji and uh, bless him a guy called uh, Nai and well, actually two guys Nai and Chris um, from Dream Team Rugby on Twitter messaged me and said we'll get your ticket mate um, so yeah so sorted me out went down there with Nai um, who incidentally used to play for and I think possibly even captain Wales Def who were the world champions so shout out to him um, uh, obviously having a conversation in the car on the way down was a bit funny um, basically, I hope he doesn't mind me saying he uh, he lost hearing in his left ear um, when he was in the army, and um, basically 
that obviously he's he was driving and I was in the passenger seat, but obviously it's his left ear that's deaf. So <laughs> if I wanted to tell him something, I had to tell him quite loudly. Um, but bless me, he was a lovely guy and I got to spend some, all day with him and, and um, his Fijian mates from the army as well, which is fantastic. So thank you, Nye. Anyway, um, went to Twickenham, watched the historic rugby match where Fiji beat England for the first time. Um, got to see all these players that I've been researching, all these Fijian players that I've been looking up all their stats and things for for weeks and now I'm getting a bit starstruck actually seeing them on the pitch like oh my god it's nice to leave it. it's it's a Canavire oh my god um, watching them running around in Twickenham not feeling like that, like that for any of the England players obviously um, uh, anyway the, but the interest, the fun thing about that was, was so it was a bit of press before the game about how they were struggling to shift tickets for it um, and Twickenham like the whole top section of Twickenham was empty and the second section was about half full. Um, and uh, we were sat down near the front and obviously it started throwing it down partway through the game. We started getting wet and we're like, oh, this is a nightmare. This is what we're going to do. And now he just goes, oh, it's all right. I've got two more tickets for up there. And you're like, you what? And he's like, oh, yeah, uh, I gave you a ticket. I can't get rid of these tickets. I've got four more tickets beside this. We can go and sit pretty much anywhere you want, mate. <laughs> so... <laughs> So, yeah, we managed to shift uh, and I sat a bit more up high and I made lots of friends in Twickenham when Fuji was scoring a try and I was stood up in the middle of the section on my end going, yeah. <laughs> and all the people around me looking at me going like, you don't look Fijian, mate. You, you, you know. <laughs> See, I, I love that. I I did it once. Where did I do it? It was for a World Cup match. It must have been in the way when the World Cup was in Wales in 99. And I watched... Somebody at, at Stradi Park must be. I think that was a Fiji game as well, and cheering both sides and everybody around you, kind of going like, "Well," and I was only small. Well, I small. <laughs> I wasn't small. I was what was I, seventeen, eighteen, something like that. And and you cheering both sides, and everybody's getting like really confused about well, who are you actually supporting? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> they, they don't know. Good try. Hey, crack on. Yeah. yeah, it's good. Well, my week, I so obviously I'm still in recovery and all of this kind of stuff, and not allowed to do much. Um, so I thought I cracked the Christmas jigsaws. Yeah. Now. Anyone that does jigsaws will know what a wasgidge is, yeah? So a wasgidge is kind of like you get the, the picture and then, but the actual what's in the box is different to the picture that's on the box. So it might be somebody at the back of that picture is looking forward and there's stuff going on that you can't see, or it might be that picture in 10 years' time, or it might be that picture five minutes later and all this kind of stuff. So you get an idea of what it is and all that. So I started I started getting the jigsaw out and I've got four corners and then I've got five corners and, and then I've got eight corners and I thought, right, okay, this sort of weird's going on here. So I started, I thought I'll just go with it, I'll just go with it. There might be a picture inside a picture. Ah, right, yeah, okay, right. That makes <laughs> sense now, right. And then right, I've got two full sides there and a full side there, and then two full sides, and I'm like, this is ah. Uh, Two days I was at this, just trying to get the outsides, and I'm going. And I'm going. I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand. This is ridiculous. <laughs> and then my 14 year old daughter, I said, "Come and give me a hand with this." Look, Dad can't work out what's <laughs> going on. 
And on the front of the box, because I wasn't looking at the front of the box, I wasn't because I was just trying to work it out from the pieces. On the front of the box, it says, bonus jigsaw included. <laughs> One jigsaw is the front of the box, and the other jigsaw is what the front of the box is looking at. And she's going like, this doesn't make any sense. That There's two jigsaws in there. And I went, all right, that's that's probably why they were two bags separated inside. <laughs> and I, I'd opened both bags and tipped them in together. So oh, over a week, I've been cracking on at this jigsaw, and I still haven't got either one of them sorted. So, um, yeah, that was my week. That was my week. Right, let's let's talk some rugby then, gents. Um, before before we go off on some very wild tangents, so let's have a quick chat about who. So today's part is all about um, the 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 community game and all of our teams in the community section. But obviously, we're just going to have a quick chat through Group C Rugby World Cup. Uh, we're going to do a load more on this next week. We'll go into a deep dive on this next week, but. What do we make of Group C? How do we see it going? And um, are we looking forward to it? So, Hugh, you can kick off with your strange fetish of uh, Fijian uh, uh, heritage. Uh, what, what do you make of Group C, mate? So, yeah, I think it's um, got, obviously, it's got four teams in it that I think will all be back themselves to do a job and get out of the pool. Um I think based on what Fiji have been able to do and the progress they've shown um, over the last 12 months, and they've had a really, really good summer, um, they they won't be afraid of anybody. And we've got them up first, unfortunately. Um, mm. Australia, on the other hand, can't buy a win. Um, magic number for you. Uh, Australia have con- conceded 30 or more points in five of their last six games. Um uh, one of those games was when they conceded 30 points to Wales and Cardiff and still won. <sighs> anyway, that's about that. Um, so, and then there's obviously Wales. Now, Wales, I can tell you from the summer of all the Six Nation teams have the most efficient attack, right? So by per 22 <coughs> visits, what? Uh, yeah, <laughs> Wales have got the most efficient attack of all the Six Nation teams. So per, per visit for 22, Wales come away with the most points. Unfortunately, the thing that makes that stat really work is that we visited the opposition 22 16 times in three games, uh, and the next lowest was England with 36 visits uh, in four games. So we are like 20 visits to the 22 behind the next worst attack. So, um, yeah, so we don't we don't venture into opposition territory very often, but when we do, we, we score points, which is nice. Um so, yeah, I don't know. I still think that Wales will, will get out of the group. Uh, I'm not one of the naysayers, uh, but I think it will be Fiji that gets out with us because I think Australia is all at sea. Mm. Mark, what, what, do you, what do you make of Georgia and Portugal, Mark? as well as, you know, all the obvious stuff? What do you make of Georgia and Portugal? Well, I think they're lovely places to visit. I'll uh, start for that. <laughs> um, no, the, you know, Georgia are what we all know, they're, they're big, burly forwards, you know, even their backs are big men, but, you know, they, their game plan, it has been evolving over the last couple of years, and you can see them transitioning better from defence into attack. 
And obviously, it's uh, a lot more difficult for these tier two teams to, you know, really push themselves because they don't get the opportunity, you know, regular enough against, you know, the higher, the tier one nations just to see, okay, where are we? Okay, we've had a good win against one this weekend. You know, we finally cracked it. Let's back up next week. Or, oh, wait, we're actually playing someone, you know, a tier below us. So it, it makes it really difficult to assess where they actually are. Um, I, I fully agree with Hill. I think, you know, there are four sides who can really, you know, progress from this group. I think Fiji are probably going in as favourites based on these last few results. Uh Looking at the South Africa-New Zealand result on the weekend, I, I think we're actually in a better position than uh, most people think. You know, to go from, you know, getting a thump in from South Africa and then they go and do something like that to New Zealand. So, you know, we're not as bad as they say. Uh, Australia, yeah, they're, they're struggling. I, I, I think I can see, you know, between Fiji, Wales, Australia, all of us will lose one game each. And it's going to be, you know, a, a tough one to really come out. It's going to come down to that points difference, those, you know, the bonus points, the try scored. But uh, Portugal, I like the kit. I can say that. I, I do like the kit. Um, I, I, I don't know how I feel about Portugal being there just because of how they have got into this World Cup, you know, with all the drama, with Spain fielding an eligible player for like something like 20 minutes or whatever it was. So I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed with it. I mean, obviously, Great to see, you know, lesser nations in the World Cup is brilliant. But at the same time, I'm kind of disappointed that Spain didn't get a chance. And uh, it must rub some salt in the wound for Portugal to go over them. Oh, boy, that must have uh, really been a double kick in the teeth. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm excited to see what comes from Portugal. That is the one game I'm really looking forward to in this World Cup. And it's the one game I know I won't be watching live because the Scarlet's Barbarians are on the same day. Hey. See, I think it's it's just teeing itself up nicely that, you know, Fiji are having a bit of a resurgence, but traditionally when the pressure comes on, Fiji collapse. But they didn't really show that when France put pressure on them. And they were, England didn't put that much pressure on them, really. I mean, they, they, they were in control, and every time England came back, they just went, oh, let's just... Let's just go score another try, you know. So they didn't really feel the pressure. So I think Wales will play a very different game against Fiji. I think there'll be a lot of ball in the air. I think there'll be a lot of kicking. There'll be a lot of if you want if you want to beat us, you're gonna have to run it from your own twenty-two. And as much as Fiji's fitness has improved, I think Wales has improved much more. I think in that that Wales Fiji game. Wales are going in with we have to win this and and we will kick the arse off of Fiji and we will put it left and right and bring them on sort of a thing. We, we'll just keep putting them down and keep putting them down and then we'll hoof it into the corners and we'll make them play from their own 22. And everyone's going to love Fiji after that game because Fiji are going to come out and really, you know, they're going to try and run everything because that's the way. And they showed against England. But yeah, when they run it, they they're just beautiful people to watch the running the ball. The thing I the thing I love about Fiji, and it's something that I wish Wales did more, is they take one on ones. If you mm. put a defender in front of a Fijian player, they go, "I'm going to either run over you or run round you," and they showed that they're capable of doing both. I think Sami Rajaraja was on a mission to flatten every English player he could at the weekend, mm. whereas Welsh players 
frustratingly just don't take one-on-ones, whether they're told not to or they just don't don't have the confidence. Um, they they shy away from that. So you know, mm. I think we could learn anything from Fiji. Mm. Yeah, um, but you know, I just think it's going to be a fantastic group. I think um, you know Portugal are going to come and uh, you know if you've seen the, the Portugal stuff on social media, they're really up for it. You know, they they're almost in party mood already. I think Georgia are coming at it from uh, some kind of 1930s detective series. <laughs> Have you seen the moustaches on on Georgia? Uh, Hercule Poirot would be proud of some of those, I'm telling you now. But, uh, you know, Georgia, Georgia will come in to do a number. They're not there to make, the, to make up the numbers. You know, they're, they're really coming to turn people over. Um, so, yeah, I think Group C is just going to be fantastic. Um little bit nervous. I'm not as confident as as everyone else about Wales getting out of that group because I said about, I don't know, two, three weeks ago that that Fiji game was going to be really, really important. You know, that was the key game. That was a vital game. And now I think probably the Australia game is more important. And we just have a habit of talking things up against Australia, no matter how poor Australia are. We make them look good and we always give them opportunities. So yeah, that's why I just think we've got a bit of we've got a bit of a challenge on our hands in the Australia game, as poor as Australia are. I think that's where our challenge is now, is is that game. So but there, we shall go into more detail on that next week, gentlemen, because next week will be a couple of days before the Fiji game. And everything's starting to kick off and all of that kind of stuff. So next week is looking like a tasty one. We'll do a lot more stuff on Group C next week. So before we do a load of stuff on um, the community game. Well, this is community game. But um, there's a, a fixture this Sunday that I just wanted to give a quick plug to. Really important fixture. Because um, we've been debating all week what is east and what is west and i'm going to be honest with the listeners we we finally got to a resolution with that about 10 minutes before we came on air where we went okay this this is this is east and this is west and we'll share the map with you of where east and west is and it's, it's just a draft a- map it's a draft map. Let's, let's get that out there. It's a draft map. It's not Done quickly exactly. on my phone just to put a team where I wanted them. Yeah, it's not exactly a, 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 an exact science. But the first big East v West rivalry is off this Sunday. So Sunday the 3rd, Milford Haven, um, I'm assuming it's on the 4G pitch in Milford. 2 p.m. kickoff, and it is the Vikings against the Warriors in the mixed ability uh, category. And I've got to say, I've seen some of the stuff that the, the the boys are doing on social media. And you know, when you, when you talk about people really loving the game and enjoying the game, these are the boys to go and watch. Just yeah, I, there's always a smile on the face. Do you know what I mean? And every single person there. Is is they, they you know they they they're not going soft. These boys are going flat out. They're going hard. The tackles are hard. The you know the running is hard. But then they're helping each other up off the ground at the same time and giving each other a pat on the back and all that kind of stuff. And it's just such a pleasure to see 
so many people play in with a smile on their face and regardless of, of what the ability is because that's the whole point of the mixed ability team it's, it, it is for uh players who have you know a variety of um I don't want to call it disabilities because it's just a, a lower, yeah it's 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 just a lower level of ability in certain areas but everybody's got their own different thing and everybody else on the pitch kind of gets that and everybody there watching it gets it and you know it's if you if you've got a chance go and watch it on Sunday now the Milford Avon pitch absolute nightmare to get to if you don't know where you're going if anybody needs any directions give us a shout because there's two different ways of getting there well actually there's about four different ways of getting there but there's two entrances to the pitch there's a main one where the club is and then there's the sneaky one around the side that only the locals really know about but if you want to go and watch give us a shout um if you can't find where you're going because uh yeah, the more people that go and watch that, the better. It's going to be a, a, a cracking game. So that's Sunday the 3rd, Milford Haven Rugby Club, 2pm kickoff, and that is Vikings against Warriors, Pembrokeshire Vikings against Threatly Warriors, and I can quite comfortably say, straight off the top now, boys, that's one win in the bag for the West. Straight away, Vikings going to put nah. you boys. Yeah, I'm telling you now. Nah, nah, nah. I'm telling you now. This is the, you know, Wester is best, Vikings going to do a job. I can tell you uh, that. Mate, honestly, they, uh, they they train in uh, people's park, Fletchley Warriors, not too far from where I live. And you're ever walking past on a training night and, you know, it's it's intense. You know, they, they do go at it. And one of the things I love about the, uh, the mixed ability is the shorts and the fact mm. that they have different colour shorts to how yeah. you want to play the game, how you get tackled. You know, so I, I think it's, you have white is it white shorts and you go you you early you know you go softer you play you know you be a bit more gentle and then you know you upgrade yourself to the black shorts you go a bit harder I, I just think that idea is, is absolutely massive I mean it makes everyone on the pitch think as well yeah. so you know it, it doesn't make it an easier game by any means it actually makes it more difficult if anything mm. and the fact is if you've got you know whether you know, you've got a physical disability from an accident, from birth, from the army, whatever. You know, this is a place where you can come and, you know, you go at your own pace. It doesn't matter about the boys around you. It matters about how you were doing. And they tailor everything to the individual as it should be in all rugby. But it's, it's even more prevalent here. Mm. And what we'll do next week is we'll we'll try and get a bit more information out of both teams, maybe a bit of a a bit of a a, a rundown of the game, and um, we'll share training times and locations and all of that kind of stuff. I I could probably find it now, but I we haven't got the time. So next week we'll definitely do a little bit of a debrief on how the mighty Vikings slain the Warriors. Got by the Warriors. <laughs> right. Oh, wait, so we're right on that. <laughs> right so um while we're talking east and west let's let's just talk about the first fixture for this season and then we'll come back and we'll talk about um some of the elite league stuff first fixture for this season premiership is Stanover well Command and Quinns against Landovery so uh, it's not really east versus west this east versus east but it's as close as we're going to come to an east versus west in the uh, uh, in the premiership Matt, what are you making of the first, uh, the opening uh, 
Premiership fixture of this year? It's always tasty to see, you know, a, a local derby, especially to open the season. And it was exactly the same last year. You know, Kamal and Quinns at home to Llandovery. And, you know, last year, Llandovery weren't coming in as uh, Welsh champions. And they walked away with a 19-3 victory over the Quinns last season. And if anything, you know, with some of the recruitment over the summer, I, I think Llandovery are stepping it up a little bit. I, I think they're going to be an, another... Well, another title-winning season. If I'm totally honest, I don't think anyone has really done the sort of business that they have, and it, it just it's going to solidify themselves. I, I know, obviously, the final with Cardiff. Everyone was back in Cardiff, but mm-hmm. you know, with the way the URC has gone this year, I, I know I think a lot of the boys that they had were academy players. I think they're going to miss quite a few of them now. So I think Llandovery are really going to be just out on their own a little bit. You know, things happen, you know, I, I can be wrong. I, I put all my hands up if I am, but I, I can't see anything other than a slant every win and them being at the top of the table and in that final come May next year. Hmm. So, Hugh, what, what do you make of it? Have, have the Queens got any hope at all of, of coming back at slant Um Well, obviously, there was a big gap between them last year. Um, I just, I don't know if we've got any kind of insider knowledge, guys. Like, how many... Flandovery players are being called into Scarlet's training at the moment because obviously the Scarlet's have got, well, maybe not as of the last couple of weeks, but the Scarlet's have had reduced numbers due to mm-hmm. people being away with Wales and um, Tonga as well with two uh, with Lousy and uh, Fafita. Um, so maybe Flandovery have been missing a couple of players to go and support the Scarlet's or maybe um, th- their training's been a bit more disjointed. Um, I think that's probably Kamarthen's best um, chance. And I don't know. I kind of have to agree with Mark. I think Landovery are going to be the, the clear favourites here. But, you know, mm. that just makes it even the more exciting if Kamarthen managed to sneak a victory. Mm. I know there's quite a few other players that got released by Scarlets last year. I think four of them ended up in Landovery. And I know quite a lot of the... Uh, academy boys have gone to Slantabry and Carmarthen, so it, it is very much a uh, you know this. If you if you want to be in the Scarlets kind of setup, this is the the game to show yourself. This is where Scarlets going to be looking. I can guarantee that the scouts will be at this game, watching it closely, taking the notes. They'll they'll have the video and they will be going through this over and over and over. Um, you know I. For all of Flandovery's recruitment, for all of their stuff, um, I'm hoping the Quins can bring something just to shake it up from the start of the season. Just to go, do you know what? This is this is going to be a, a a different season right from the start. Um, whether that happens or not, I don't know. But I'd, I'd love to see Kamar and Quins come on that first game. And really shake up Flandovery. Not that I don't like Flandovery, you know, or, or anything like that, but just to really shake up the start of the season and go, you know, from week one, this is going to be um, a, a, a division worth worth watching. So, I mean, there's other games going on that week as well in that division, but there are only two teams, <laughs> so so that's where we're going to focus our effort. So. Yeah, I'm going to predict a. You two can predict a Flandovery win. I'm going to predict a Carmarthen win. Well, that's. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm going to stick is there. It, um, 
Is it? It's not. I'm looking at the the fixtures now, so it's on the Saturday. So, is, are BBC Wales televising any of the games this year? Uh, we think. I think Espedrecap got some rights, but I haven't seen anything announced. I mean, they did the Thursday night games last season, with, which were good, mm. and I'm, I'm hoping not for something similar. Because you know I've been, I'm not a big fan of the Thursday night game, but I, I would like to see more of these games televised. You know, mm. just because this is this is the elite level. I, I say that word now. I don't like that word anymore. This is the top level of uh, Welsh rugby below professionalism, and here is your village, it is your local. So this is the stuff we should be showing. And mm. you know, as paired where they, they've got the money you know a lot of these clubs have already got the facilities to have these cameras in the ground so there's no reason why why they can't be doing it and i mean you know if, if they want something on the tv you know three o'clock well half past two on, on a saturday afternoon when all of the sport is bloody you know blackwashed or whatever then it's a perfect opportunity i quite liked the thursday night games last year just because there was nothing else on so <laughs> do you know what i mean it's like on a Friday night, there was always a URC game. Saturday, it was URCs. And then if you play a Sunday game, there was usually a URC game on. And then there was a highlights package to watch. We haven't really embraced Monday night rugby as a concept. So for me, a Thursday night That's game. Well, I, 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 you know, for me, if we're going to do it, I, I would I would absolutely black, uh, back that change. in, in an, But it, it takes people's... It takes a change in the thought process of people to, to do it. So I don't think we're quite there yet, but a Thursday night game or a Monday night game, if it was every week, yeah, I'd absolutely be in with that. And like you say, S4C, are they, it, it's, I haven't seen anything being advertised, so it's a shame. Uh, I'm, I'm asking I'm asking my TV person um, <laughs> uh, if... If he knows anything, so bear with everyone. Mm-hmm. Tune into our socials in the coming days to see if we manage to get an answer on this. Yeah, and if you see nothing, we haven't. Yeah, just assume that that we haven't, unless we do. <laughs> so, Martin Martin mentioned there the word elite, uh, and there's a reason why he doesn't like the word elite because from next year it's going to be really important. So, Mark, talk us through the the elite league changes for next year and what that means for everyone. Well, I, I can't exactly talk you through specifics because nobody knows the specifics. I don't even think the WIU knows the specifics other than they're calling it an elite league with 10 teams, ring fencing it for three years. Now, the main thing for me is, yeah, they want this 10-team league. Fine, you know, have what you want. But is it going to be above the premiership? Is it replacing the premiership? And then you've got the knock-on effect further down because they've also announced that Every team below the championship, you know, which, you know, your division one, two, three for us, and then you've got four, five, and six, you know, further east along, along the road. You know, that's that's a lot of shake-up for a lot of teams, you know. So, you know, talk about, you know, your goal being promotion, you know, for these clubs, you know, that might not even be a possibility just because, you know, with, you know, 12 and 11 team leagues going down to 10, you're all dropping numbers. So you're not going to accommodate a team from below you when you're already dropping teams that are already there. So I I think we're waiting. We've, we've got to wait just to get some final details. I've uh, I put out some feelers to, the, to hopefully the right people who might be in the know, and hopefully we can get back on that. But uh, as it stands, you know, 
it's the idea of an elite league. Yeah, I get it, but in, in practice, right now, I, I don't. I, I'm not liking it. And until I get further details to really solidify what they actually want and what they're doing, I, I can't get behind it. So I've got the WIU press release here, if you want, so I can just fill in what what they've said. So from what I've read, it looks like it's going to sit between the Premiership and the URC teams. So the the point of it is to develop players for for the URC teams, for the regions. Um, So it says that it's going to be based on a license process. So teams will apply to be in it. And then they will be granted a license based based on meeting the criteria. What the criteria is, isn't explicitly stated. They do say that there is a geographical side to it, um, i.e. that there will be, I guess they won't want two clubs that are too close together. Um, they also have said that uh, it will be the two highest scoring uh, clubs in each region. So there'll be two clubs from Scarlet, two clubs from Cardiff, two clubs from Ospreys, two clubs from Newport, or Plus. can't call them Newport, Dragons. Um, so that that will be eight. And then they've already said that RGC will be in it because they say that North Wales is strategically important to the WRU as a pathway. So RGC are already confirmed that they will be in it. So that leaves a space for one more to apply. Potentially, they said they will not go over 10 or they don't want to go over 10. Um, And I guess it's kind of mirroring what the Super 6 or now the it's not six anymore. There's seven of them um, up in Scotland. um, What they are doing to to create a better pathway for feeding Edinburgh and Glasgow. So I guess that's the intent behind it. Obviously, this has been rumoured for what feels like about a year now at this point. Um, So. Yeah, so it it feels to me like reading this press statement that the WRU ideally would like um, eight or nine, and it feels like they've been pushed up to ten by the the clubs. Um, I guess from a Scarlet's point of view, the interesting thing will be, obviously, with Netflix RFC um, uh, withdrawing from um, normal competition to be a development side, will they apply to be in it? Yeah. uh, based on that, and maybe that would take a place off either Handovery or Carmarthen. You would assume. I don't know. Other people would probably apply to be in it. Um, I guess there would be other teams, you know, around Wales that wouldn't maybe wouldn't apply to be in it. So I think a club like Merthyr potentially might not apply to be in this because they have had a bit more of a model of signing older, more experienced players to try and challenge to win stuff. Um, compared to some other clubs that, uh, like Cardiff RSC, for example, are much more of a development team. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, it's going to be, apparently there's going to be de- decided by an independent uh, panel pr- comprising one WIU representative and two independent panel members who are yet to be appointed. So you're right, Matt, we don't know tons about this. Um, so I'm, we can make a lot of assumptions, a lot of guesses. I guess the only thing that we do know is that RGC are going to be in it. Mm. Yeah, um, I got to. I need to add to that that Llanelli are definitely applying to be in this league. I don't know if it was in a, a statement or anything public, but John Daniels, you know, the Scarlets uh, head of rugby, he has stated. I don't know if it was public, but I've definitely heard him say it privately that Llanelli are going to be applying to be in this league. 
So we've got that one thing, but as you said, we don't know what the criteria is. We don't even know if they're going to be able to hit any criteria because they're not in the league. And that's, mm. you know, that goes back to something me and Lee done, you know, back last season, talking about Kalecki's demise, essentially. Mm. I think the thing for me with this is if RGC are going to be ring-fenced, and i got no problem at all with RGC being, being ring-fenced, and there's going to be a requirement then for... Um, so the rumour is that there will be a requirement for the uh, stadium or the ground to be at a certain level. Then RGC need to improve their stadium because the walk from the changing rooms to the ground, and there's only one side of the ground is has got the, the stand on and the stand is about you know 30 metres away from the pitch and all this kind of stuff. I would love to see RGC be in a position where they can actually maybe develop the other side of the ground and then redevelop that first side. So, yeah, I, I, I'm i all in favour of RGC being in there. and But, you know, if we're going to commit to it, let's commit to it. Let's let's properly go and, and, and do something like that. And the other <laughs> bit that I would make on that, yeah, so if we've got nine, so let's say we've got eight... South Wales, yeah. Then you've got RGC as nine. Let's have a look at mid Wales. You know, let's, in the same way that there was nothing in North Wales, and then we started to develop RGC, and a lot of that was down to Rupert Moon and, and the work he did there. Then let's develop something in mid Wales as well. You know, let's let's commit to developing something there and, and give it that back in of three years and say, right, okay, let's put some players there that are going to do a job for three years. So we have got more of a geographical spread across the country. That's, it's, I know it's not going to happen, but in my head, this would be a nice thing to happen. Yeah. It is, this is a conversation for another, game, another day, but I, I think the main thing with the North Wales and RGC coming in was due to the population up north. I don't think we have the same in mid Wales, you know, especially when it's uh, covered by the beat guns. Yeah, I, I think you'd be surprised. I think you'd be surprised. Mid Wales, there are some places in mid Wales that would absolutely go nuts for something like that. But that's, like you say, discussion for another time. So let's let's get busy with. So before we start looking at championships, are we definitely hundred percent agreed? on the east-west split any last chances to amend the east-west split going going gone right okay no more changes i want to change something now (laughs) (laughs) the amount of arguments that we've had over this over the last week friendly discussions <laughs> yeah yeah there was a guy on twitter who's came back to, to lee and said surely it's just if you're in Carmarthenshire, you're in east and if you're in Brembrookshire, you're west and lee was like uh, no 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 that's not how it so works that's a stupid suggestion is what he said <laughs> and, and first of all we had to get hugh to understand that we were talking about east and west of the west so there's west west and east west and then we've got to throw in the northwest of the east of the west, and uh, you can see why this has taken so long to to get, to get to where we are. However, let's have a look at uh, Championship West. So the championship has now been split into east and west. 
and various teams up, will, various teams down. I will just tell the listeners that when I was doing the research for this, like when I saw that the championship was split into East and West, I because I thought, oh, well, I'm East. So I started looking in Championship East. <laughs> and I'm looking at all these, all these teams there in, in Newport, and I'm like, God, none of these are in our region. What is going on? And then I realised that even though I was East, I'm still West. It's explaining the concept of being the East of the West and the West of the West. So, so let's have a look at the East of the Championship West. So we've got uh, two sides in there. We've got Amanford and Frangenich. Now, we talked a lot last year about Frangenich, Mark. What to, we, we didn't really talk much about Amundford, but that's because we were doing just west of the west. So, tell us a bit about Amundford and uh, and a bit of an update on Frangenich. Yeah, well, you know, Amundford are a very very eastly team. If uh, when we're talking about you know David, Carmarthenshire, etc. But no, they've uh, they had a, a really really good season last year. They uh, wait, 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 I had just had it on my screen now. Like, I Obviously, they've been promoted from uh, one West Central, and mm. let me just find exactly where they finished because I, it's, you moved my little tab on my thing, so I've lost it. Yeah, they finished third in uh, one West Central, so you know a, a very very good season, and you know being where they are, it's uh, it's, it's quite a tricky one, just just because you know uh, you look at Ammonford, you look at it on the map, and you're thinking you know is 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 not really the Swansea area. Or you know, Heath or whatever they talk about, but uh, no, they're a, they're a very strong side. They you know they they are very undervalued. I mean that that whole entire area, and we will come on to uh, a few more teams around there in a little bit. But uh, yeah, they I'm expecting a very strong season from them. Uh, I I'm probably not you know top half contention, but um, definitely definitely mid table. You know I I'm not expecting them to be propping up the bottom. Um, on Frangenich, and you know, we obviously we spoke at length, you know, where they were in uh, Division One West last year with you know with Primich, with Newcastle Emlyn, and uh, well, there's not much more we can really say. They haven't already been said. They they literally they came out from nowhere. They had about 30 games in hand, and they just won every single one of them, which mm. was you know unbelievable. Picking up bonus points for fun, and you know where they located. You know the the grounds that they have got the facilities that are available there. I'm I'm expecting a, a really good season from them as well. Coming up first in the you know Division One West, I'm not going to back them to be in the title run, but I, I'm going to say they're going to be close to it. I think they they are that mindset. They are the number one team in the Fnaffy area now, with obviously the demise of the RFC. So you know. I think a lot of people are backing them and, you know, they, they're going to show their worth. Hmm. So, Hugh, have you managed to work out where Ammonford and Frangenich are yet? Uh, not, not really. <laughs> so, it, it's going to be a bit of a, a, a learning curve for all of us, to be honest, but from, like Martin was saying, at, at the end of last season... Um, Crummock and Newcastle Emlyn were top of Division One uh, and quite comfortable. And then Flangenich were, I think, I think they had like about eight games in hand at one point, didn't they? And Martin was going, 
yeah, Martin was going like, these are the boys, these are the boys to win. And, nah, they're not, they're not going to cut. And it literally came to the last couple of games. So, yeah, fair play to him. It was, uh, it, it, was, it was a good end to the season last year. It, it is right on the border, isn't it? That, there might be some listeners who find this a bit controversial, but it is in uh, Carmarthenshire, according to Google Maps. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, it is ours, but it is... If you go straight up from the locker, <laughs> it is uh, oh, Australian. It's Australian. But anyway, move on, move on. Yeah, let's not start that <laughs> one again. So uh, the West teams then in Championship West, um, obviously the main team for us is Narbeth. Um Everybody above Narbeth, I think Narbeth finished fifth last year. They were unlucky not to finish fourth, possibly Third, you know, they had Neath and Pontapool above them. So, uh, and they both they gave both those sides a, a good run for their money. So, uh, yeah, you know, Narbeth on paper are, you know, the 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 team to beat in this league. Um, but then you've got Crummer and Newcastle Emlyn, and both of those sides will definitely be looking at Narbeth as an opportunity to to have a crack at someone. Um, particularly, that, that I, I think, first game of the season. Oh, no, no. It's, it's quite close to the start of the season. Uh, Krummer and um, Narbeth, it's, it's just going to be an almighty bloodbath. But, yeah, I think they're... they're I can't see past Narbeth, in in all honesty. I think Newcastle Emlyn are going to give it a good go. I think they've got um, a lot of young players coming through there. They've got an excellent youth development system in Newcastle Emlyn. Krummer, again, they just this just seem to have that mentality of, you know, when I was playing, Krummer was only just coming out of junior club status. Yeah, so it's still in Abbey, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, basically, you know, they, they had one pitch, they had, you know, a tin shack for a, a changing room and there was a pub that they'd kind of bought as the rugby club sort of a thing. And and now I think one, two, three, there are four pitches there, all with new drainage, the floodlights, the training pitch, you know, the, the everything is just being developed. The only thing they haven't got is a sodding car park, which drives me nuts every time I go there. <laughs> but they've also got the, their own um, uh, environment. They've got their own weather system. And it doesn't matter when you go to Krummach, you have, you need to bring your sunglasses and your welly boots because nobody's got an idea what the weather's going to be like up there. But between those three, I, I'm definitely putting Narbeth as favourites for me. Um and yeah, looking at the rest of the teams in there, I think it's going to be a competitive league. It's going to be a really competitive league next year. There's one team I want to point out. They're, uh, they're, they're not an under our remit, but simply just because of anyone who's been on Twitter will see the sheer numbers of sign-ins that this team have made. I, I can see Brecken doing pretty well, to be honest. I, you know, if, if they're up there, I think Narbeth are clear runaways, like you said, but I, I, I could see Brecken being uh, second. You know, mm. just based on how many boys they're pulling in from, you know, each and everywhere. Mm. So they'd be classed as mid then, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah, they would. Yeah, they would. Yeah. Or and they've had to pull right. in loads of boys from, you know, down south, down south yeah. down south east, just to get enough boys to play, really. You know? <laughs> ah, what are you talking? Well, <laughs> okay. this is, you know, Crummock and Newcastle have been quite 
solid. But Narbeth have lost coach, a couple of players, um, lots of young players coming through in Narbeth now. Um, a couple of players that were on license from Marlin Quinns have gone back. So, you know, Narbeth, they, they will be strong, but you never really know um, what that's going to be like. And just on a side note, my boy's open to uh, turn out for one game before he goes back to uni for, for Narbeth, which would be quite nice. I'd quite like to see him in blue and black again. It'd be quite nice. So, anyway, Division 1 West. So, uh, this is uh, this is where you boys kind of um, dominate because you've got one, two, three, four, five. This is a five to two split. So let's have a look at Division One West. Martin, go on. You 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 take us through Division One West East. In Division One West East, probably oh, let's think. Oh, five, like it's going to be Kidwell to head. Probably an eight mile stretch. We've got five teams. So, uh, you know, uh, I'll go from left to right if I'm doing it correctly. We've got Kidwelly, Barry Port, Nephew Wanderers, Bellinvall, and Hendy. And, you know, all, all of them are, you know, good teams in their own right. Uh, Barry Port and Kidwelly have both come up from Division 2 last season. Let me get this right. Kidwelly finished second. Was he second? Yeah, it was second, and Buddyport finished third. I'm sorry for droning on a bit there. But no, they, it was such a strong league, Division 2 West was last year, and, you know, Tembi, Nankaredig, it was such a hard division, and just the fact that they got out of it is a credit to them. And I wouldn't be just surprised to see both of them, you know, leapfrog the three teams that are already there. Uh, if I'm going to back anybody in this league, uh, I'm going to back Kidwelly. Uh, just knowing, you know, the, the coaches that they've got, and they they pulled in another one this season from uh, from a local rival, and I, I know his quality, so it they are going to be a, a big massive outfit. You know, Barry Port is is where my boy plays. You know, it's uh, it's brilliant facilities. You know, they got I think they got three pitches. You know, they've actually ring fenced them now, so that's uh, that's that's pretty fun. You know, no no more dirt bikes on the pitch, no more. Uh, and what dog owners treats in the party reckoning on a big Saturday morning, which uh, which has been a problem in the past. But uh, Bodyport are a, a good solid team. They've been in and around you know top of Division Two West for a good couple of years now. So for them to finally get up, it's it really good and credit to them. Uh, the three that are already there, we'll start with Valenvol. You know, I, I think they do a good season, and with everything over the past year with Benny. I, I think there could be something to come from them, you know, a, a bit of his spirit coming into the game. Uh, Lefty Wanderers, you know, they, you know, they are they they are the closest team to me. Um, I, I, I've coached with uh, the the minis previously, and you know, the setup in the minis and the juniors is brilliant. It doesn't quite transcend into the senior team, which is quite disappointing. But you know they are they are a, they're a solid Division One team. Let's hope they can just fulfil their fixtures this year. And then we go with Hendy. You know they are you know a little bit further in the West, uh, not the West, the East. Sorry, that's my bad. But uh, again, you know mid table last year. You know I think they've got uh, I, I'm not a handsome joke, but I think they've got you know a, a, a professional or two coaching down there. I'm not too sure if uh, Josh Turnbull was there. I'll have to double check that, but I, I can remember it's either he's coaching there or I know he's from there, so uh, he, he might be in there. So that'd be an, another 
know, another top level coach coming in. So we could see good things from them. But all in all, from our from our selection on the East, it's, it's going to be Kidwelly and my ones. Josh Turnbull came through Newcastle, Emlyn. Nobody's living now. I know, but he came through Newcastle, Emlyn, as did Gareth Davis. No, Scott Williams. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. And there was somebody else. There's about four. Gareth Thomas, who's with the Ospreys. Um, there's, yeah. there's quite a few Newcastle, Emlyn boys. Yeah. I mean, it's not surprising. Isn't, uh, but, yeah. isn't Josh Adams from Hindi? Yeah. Oh, dear. See, there's a lot of... There's a lot of decent players there. So, Hugh, now, have you been able to do any research? Do any of those sides appear on any of your spreadsheets at all, Hugh, yet? Uh, no, not including not the copy yet. and paste you've done today. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from all the copy and paste I've done from Martin's spreadsheet, uh, no. Um yeah, obviously I'm, I'm on my my learning journey, listening, learning all of it from Martin. I think I'm going to have to defer to him, mostly to be honest. But yeah, I'm going to go. Uh, I, yeah, I can't I can't disagree with what what Martin said. Um, I yes, think you can. Make will, it up. Make make it up. Just to wind it up. <laughs> what I will say is obviously Gosainen are in this this um, this league, which isn't technically in our region, but Lee Harpen is from Gosainen. Oh, come on, mate. You don't want to talk about that. <laughs> Go on. You've set him off. Lee Halfpenny is from there. And I, he's, he, we can all agree. I think everyone in Wales agrees Lee Halfpenny is more scarlet than he is Cardiff these days. Um, yeah. Therefore, if Gisanen win, we will claim it as a, uh, a scarlet victory. Yeah, but you got when they done the Wales the Wales team announcement. You had Dan Bigger as uh, a good signing boy. Well, I I thought he was uh, Penn Cloud in all honesty because uh, you know I've seen a few uh, few Wales flags with uh, Bigger and Penn Cloud on it. But uh, no, well, him, him and Lee, apparently him and Lee used to share lifts um, to and from from training. So I th- yeah, so um, I got a so question. I stand by what I said. I got a question oh. on your spreadsheet, man. How come Ponte de Rice isn't East? Cause... Because they're not in Carmarthenshire. Yes, they are. Because they're, they're off. They're on the roundabout. Yeah. So, the, so they're all, They're just off um, the roundabout where uh, with the, the. They're a border, where... but they're not in our not in our county. But I drive past Ponte de Rice to get to Scarlets. Then I don't know what way you were going. On the M4, because it's the quickest way. So I do. So we hit again because if you if you're getting off at the 47, you you're not going yeah. as far as Ponte de Lice. You'll see the signs, but you're not quite as far as there. Yeah, Ponte yeah. de Lice. Where, where do you go from? Yeah, just a Luke, few where more. Where do you come from? So Pembrokeshire. Yeah, if you're going from Prem, yeah, if you're going from hmm. Premiership, you've gone too far. You need to back up, according to this. I mean, if you're on the A. A forty eight, okay, maybe but, as well. Yeah. On a delay, yeah, I, I'd, I'd be getting off no, in cross if Google I was map. in it. I wouldn't get onto the M four. No, because on a match day, that back road is a pain in the backside. So you go M four, take the the thirty turn off, and it's all straight in, and you only get caught up like two roundabouts Ooh. out. It's it's not. I got one you can try. Um, don't go onto the A forty eight on that roundabout. You know where Morrison's is. Take the 484, go all the way around, go past Kidwelly and Burryport and come around that way, it's easier. That might yeah, but Ponte de <laughs> you come off at um, oh, the end of the M4. What's the bloody, the crappy... Um, oh, Ponte Abram. Ponte Abram, yeah. 
So you come off there and it's just up the side there. No. That's, when I played rugby no. against Ponte de Lice, I'm bloody sure that's where I went. I don't think the M4 was, was being built back then, mate. Oh, no, Nick uh... off. <laughs> no, anyway, uh, here on, yeah. on Google Maps, Ponte de Lice is uh, a town in Swansea. Where the hell was I playing? <laughs> oh, it was, it was a long time ago, boys. Anyway, so in the west, <laughs> west of the region, what a one point that was. We beat them. We we absolutely tomped Ponte de Ice, and I remember it's got, a, it's got a Swansea postcode. But we we I remember we playing are. SA is all of us. But I, we played against Ponte de Lice away. We played against them home and we absolutely destroyed them at home. We played against them away. And the first 10 minutes, we were all over them again. I thought, all right, this is great. And we had a lovely move. And it just, we, we absolutely took it from our 22. And I had a run in from about the 10 yard line. And it was just me against the fullback. Yeah. And I had my, so I was playing blindside and I had the number eight, who was our captain just outside me and he was with me all the way no you'll love this all the way along so i'm legging it from the 10 yard line i get yes i'm in i'm in i'm in i'm in i'm in dived for the line but the fullback caught me wrapped me and pulled me over yeah and the ref went excellent try cracking try that was boys i got and as i got up <laughs> My captain pulled me to one side. He went, you greedy little shit. You didn't get that down, did you? I went, no, no. And I, and I, I walked back literally the length of the pitch and my, my head down down like that with my captain <laughs> in my ear going, you greedy little bastard, you should have given up all. <laughs> and the whole length of the pitch with him like this in my ear like that. It was, um, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm really sorry, Hugh, but, you know, the... This this is a regular staple on this show. Can, so can I throw a can I throw a cat amongst the pigeons? Although um, Ponte de Lice is in Swansea, it is technically uh, you know as per a compass, um, east uh, west of Manford. <laughs> See, I told you. But you've got to look at the county boundaries. Oh, That's what God. we are. We look I, at the, I agree. We live in we in Dublin. Anyway, you've got to go by anything. You've got to go by the counties. Well, let's let's go controversial again then, and let's go Whitland because Whitland Ooh. is technically Carmarthenshire, but has always been District G or District H, whichever one we are. So, so anyway, Whitland we spoke about a lot last year. So we, we yeah. you know, if you think last year Whitland and Pembroke were battling it out to be not the worst in this division, and Pembroke now pop up in Division Three after their issues so yeah i mean whitland had a nightmare of a season last year absolute nightmare and i haven't seen much to tell me that that's any different you know i haven't well, seen any big name signings i haven't seen any any chat or anything um whereas aberystwyth uh, you know, are are talking themselves up. They've had a good preseason. They've had good numbers. They've had, you know, uh, a healthy start to uh, to this season. Um, and out of those two, I'd be quite confident in putting Aberystwyth above Whitland wherever they finish in that table. 
Um, I think Aberystwyth are going to finish above Whitland. And I think Aberystwyth are probably going to be top half of the table as well. And I would not be surprised to see Whitland propping up the bottom uh, again yeah. this year. So Yeah, I, I, I've got to agree with that. I think, you know, Aberystwyth, they had a strong season last year and they were quite unlucky. They sort of tailed off towards the end. Hmm. But, you know, we, we asked, I think, every single week last year, where's Whitland? Where, where's Whitland gone? I, I don't think they're going to be quite at the bottom. I, I think there's, you know, a, a couple of teams, you know, over the Lacha that are, are going to be doing that for us. There's a place that I, I don't like trying to pronounce because I don't even know if I can pronounce it right. Uh, <laughs> when I heard, I, I think that's totally wrong, but it's how I'm going to say it. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I think you know, Pen Cloud are another one who I think, you know, that's the battle where Whitland are. They're, mm. they're in, uh, I think, the bottom three. I think that's where they're going to be fighting. And I'm hoping... That you know they they show who they really are. They show the Whitland of old. The Whitland that should really be up in Championship West, in in the you know the, yeah. the top echelon of it all. Hmm. Okay, so let's have a uh, so there is a, a a weird anomaly in Division One West Central, which is. Brynhamon. Now, this is another one. I'm not sure that that's in our region, but I'm going to go with Martin's knowledge on this. And Martin says Brynhamon are in our region. So Brynhamon are very much east. I'm not even going to debate whether they're west on there. <laughs> but um, tell us about Brynhamon, Matt. Yeah, it's, uh, well, like, like I all said with Armenford earlier, it's that, that whole area that uh, not many people really associated with rugby, I don't think. And, I mean, other than Shane Williams, people say Ammonford, they go, where's that? You know, they, they haven't got a clue. But, you know, there is a, a deceptive amount of rugby players and clubs in that area, and they are all pretty strong stuff. I mean, Brynaman last year, they didn't exactly cover themselves in glory. Just the fact of there being no relegation is the only reason why they didn't go down. I mean, I, it would have been nice if they could have chucked them over into just one West and maybe, you know, taken one of uh, the five really Eastern teams out of uh, one West for them. That would have been easier for us. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. We've got to deal with it. Um, I'm, I'm just hoping for something better than last year for them. Um, you know, anything other than 12th would be an improvement. Well, actually, it, it will be an improvement because there's only 11 teams in the league. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a guarantee. One. So... I have no idea at all about Brynhamon. I, I genuinely no idea where they are or what they do. So it's going to be interesting. I, I'm with Hugh on this one. We're, we're all on a learning curve for Brynhamon this year. And I yeah, can guarantee... I, go on, mate. I'm just saying, I'm still stuck on Aberystwyth. Aberystwyth is east of Finnethley. Is it? Is that what curves? Yeah. Yes, oh. I suppose with the the way it kind of it tilts down, doesn't it? So yeah, I suppose it would be. Let's not get started on that. Yeah, we've had this debate all week, boys. Yeah, let's stick with it. So, uh, Division Two West. It's on so the this... West Coast, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm looking at my little map here. That's oh wow. She was just. <laughs> She was just trying to find ways to argue about the geography of West Wales. That's that's what he's doing. He's going out. Well, he, he hasn't come into this with any prior knowledge, unfortunately. You know, living in yeah, um, li, li, living in well, I, I, 
I want to say the dark side, but the dark side's of the locker. He's in the darker dark side. The darker dark side. You know, <laughs> over the other bridge that we won't talk about. <laughs> but uh, no, it's it's, it's quite deceiving looking at it from that. I've never mm. ever just thought, of, just sat down and looked at that. Oh, what's east or what's west or mm. where? No, that's that's really interesting for you, uh, you geography nuts out there. Anyway, Division Two West. <laughs> focus, Martin. Focus. Focus. So, focus so uh, let's do west of west first so we've got yeah. Fishguard, milford tenby and st clair's um Fishguard concerns me with the fact that um you know we, we'll talk about pembrokeshire cup in a minute but they they didn't enter a team for well they allowed a walk over against them in the first round of the pembrokeshire cup and i find that strange because They've usually got quite a strong side. I know they've lost a couple of the youth boys to as players are coming out of youth. They go into Crummer rather than staying in Fishguard simply because of the higher level. Um so yeah, I'm I'm not sure if that's kinda continued this season, but Fishguard always works on a very, very small squad. It's it's literally arse end of nowhere. Um, you might be lucky and catch a few guys that got hammered before going on the ferry and didn't make the ferry or came off the ferry and got drunk and, and have stayed. But yeah. yeah, yeah, I mean, it is difficult to attract players to, to Fishguard. So everything in Fishguard is part of their system and it's a strong system. Um, Milford, again, should have performed a load better. And I, for the team, the players they had, should have performed a lot better than than where they were, um, and I'd be expecting more from them this season. And again, Tembi were un- <laughs> uh, you know Tembi were unlucky not to get promoted at the end of last season. Um, you know it was it went down to the last day, and I think I think it was on the last day we knew Tembi it was pretty much beyond Tembi on that last day, but it was close for a lot of the, the, the season. So I would expect them to be at the top again, battling it out. And Sinclair's, you know, uh, if we go back two or three seasons, Pembroke went Division Three champions, Division Two champions, Division One. You know, I wouldn't be surprised to see Sinclair's do that this year. I they can't bet. Hmm? They finished second. <laughs> no, but um, I wouldn't, I know, be, surprised, yeah, I yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see them going, you know, top of the table somewhere and going up. Um, I, I, I've got high expectations of, of Sinclair's, and they've got a lot of Scarlet's backing in there as well. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them going up Division One West uh, uh, as well. So, uh, yeah, but 10 be my team to watch from the West in there. So, uh, who have you got yeah, back in Tempe as well? You know, we, we spoke quite a bit about St. Clair's and they have got the coach in there. And, you know, anyone watch them plays, they, they are so well drilled. So, mm. yeah, I, they are going to be up there. But, I, like I said, I think Tempe, I think we've got a soft spot for Tempe. You know, we've spoken with uh, one of the coaches, Ali, a few times on this pod. So, I think, you know, Tempe are our spiritual team. So, uh, we're going to be all Tempe all season. Cool. So, I know so, a thing about Tenby. Go on, then. Uh, there's a beach. And, uh, How many beaches? Uh, there's the it's the best place to go crabbing. 
I, I couldn't tell you that, Mark. But I was going to tell you another thing is that uh, that is where Augustus and Gwen John are from, who were the subject of a songs by Manic Street Preachers uh, <laughs> called The Secret He Had Missed, which mm-hmm. is a very good song, and I would encourage people to go and listen to it. It's a duet. Yeah. There's um, uh, a line wow. in that song that says um, something like, take me back to the beach on Tenby. It's left uh, your heart on a beach in Tenby. That's the one. Um, yeah. And great song. Yeah. There's a piano only version of it that's slightly better than the single version. <laughs> anyway, I will. I, I, I've got some stories about some painters in in Tenby that I will tell you about off this pod one one day, boys, and it'd be a very different pod. So, uh, <laughs> and and I will say, I, I I played for Tenby for two seasons, three seasons, two seasons. I think I played for. Um, way back in the dark days so uh yeah they're the, the kind of my team but they're also not my team so yeah anyway so east i'm on united oh oh what a season you know three westby you know outright champions they they finished you know quite uh quite a chunk ahead of uh second place trim saran so you know they they're coming into this strong um, it's got, they've got a tidy little setup there. I mean, the, the, the pitch is really hidden. There's not exactly a car park there. They've got a, a really run-down little uh, playground and a, and a what's supposed to be a mugger, but uh, it's only got three sides there. But, <laughs> but no, um, you know, we can only go off what's, uh, what, we, what we know from last season, and they, they've done amazing. They literally they picked up a challenge. They went through it all around it, and I, I think it's going to be pretty much the same. Not expecting them to hit the same sort of heights, but I'm I'm expecting a solid season from them. Uh, Camarden Athletic, then we, we all know Camarden Athletic, bar and maybe who, who will learn in time. We will mm. learn. Uh, you know, they they had some results last year that it it just begged belief. You know, um, where they we we did they finish? I think we like something sixth or something, didn't they finish? Seventh. I was one off. That was close. But no, mm. they, they pulled out some really, really good results. And we know on their day, they are more than capable of challenging every single team in mm. this league. It's just getting that consistency. Lampeter, our reigning three West A champions, who literally took that title with a couple of wins over St. Clair's in the last week or two of the season. Mm. And, you know, pretty much the same again. You know, Lampeter and St. Clair's were so far ahead of the rest. I mean, Lan were tailing in there for a while, but those two really, really went far beyond. I think, I think like a hundred points or something like that they ended on, which was absolutely astonishing. And they, the problem they've got is that a uni town, and there's there's a few boys who they do get from the uni, not many, but um, you know sometimes it's those boys that they really kick that level up a notch. So I'm hoping it's not the case at the minute. I'm hoping it's all homegrown boys that are doing it. So I'm I'm gonna go for another good season for Lampeter. Uh, well, Nanka Reddy then. Oh, go on. No, I say Trinity St David have, have invested massively in their rugby. In Ken Owens, yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> they, well, they've got a um, a new gym, new pitches. Um, yeah, a whole new, you know, basically they they're aiming for bucks. They they're going for box one in the next. And they should have been years ago. Yeah, yeah. So even when I was there, they should have done it, but they weren't even interested. Then we could we couldn't even play 
on our own fields. Mm. It, it was unreal. We had to get permission from Carmarthen Athletic to play on the university fields. Yeah. So I can see Lampeter starting to benefit from from that investment over the next season, maybe next season, maybe this season, who knows, but definitely next season. Anyway, I I interrupted you. Do continue. No, no, you're fine. I don't mind you interrupting me. You know, it can be a long drone just listening to me talk. I know I'm enthusiastic, but you know, if you get to a point where you're like, oh, come on, mate, you, you know, that's not like <laughs> oh, another team who, who were really up there. You know, they were with Tembi till uh, Tembi. Oh, I, can't, I keep doing this. I keep, I keep doing it. I keep wanting to talk about a team and I forget what I'm talking about. It's an absolute nightmare. No, they they were really there with uh, Tembi and Barry Port last season, fighting it out for that third spot. And I, I'm expecting very much the same again this year. I think it's going to be them and Tembi are, are going to be... That's going to be the clash to see when they first meet. We'll have to have a look through the calendar to when they are, but that's going to be a big one. Mm-hmm. Ponte Berem is a, is, is, is a tough one because you know they, they didn't really have a good season whatsoever. And I think they're just hoping to pick up a couple of wins and maybe hopefully stay in the league. Mm. Uh, then on to the last one, to Kreis. Like I, I spoke a little bit on to Kreis last year. You know, they did a lot better than their final league position of 10th you know, tells. You know, they've got a brilliant setup. You know, they've got a good, nice couple of pitches, good clubhouse, good facilities. And they, they really should be doing better. And I, I'm expecting more from them. I'm I'm hoping for more from them. I should be saying, but you know that that is a side that you know in in a couple of years really could be pushing it, pushing really hard to be up in the championship. Who knows? They if they're still a Premiership, they could they could be even up there, given the you know the right amount right the right amount of TLC, shall we say? So just to to fill Hugh in really on uh, on this league and. Neither of our uh, this team aren't east or west, but they they're they like the villains of the league. So <laughs> whenever you say Lacha, everyone just goes boo and and hiss and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, they're the side that everyone hates, and they really are. And no one no one likes playing them because they're dirty bastards. Um. And no one likes going there, really. So, um, and I don't care if any Lacha supporters are <laughs> listening and getting getting you. They're, they're definitely part of the Swansea region, but nobody likes Lacha. So tough. So uh, yeah, that's just really putting. You know, when we talk when we get into the season and we talk about who's playing who, when we talk about Lacha, everyone's got a Lacha story, and none of them are nice. So. Division okay. Division Three West A is very easy for Martin to review because it's all West. So um, obviously, Division Three West is split into A and B, and A is West West, and B is East West. So uh, and this this is where it'll get confusing because I've been landed with Sanabada. I I still don't think Sanabada are west-west, but we're going to go with it just to make sure that we're balancing the teams and I've got enough people to talk about. Um, uh, uh, Come my... on, they're a border town, man. 
They, they are it's definitely it. worthwhile putting in the West. They could be Scottish borders, mate. I've never seen them play. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, yes, we've got Fran about the run there. So that's going to be a new side for, for, for me this year. Aberray, Ron. Uh, yeah, I mean, they've just had their sevens. They say you were heading down to their sevens, Mark. So you know, the club setup there is is very good. I think as Aberayron have grown, Cardigan have kind of suffered because of that. So, yeah, I mean, I wish the boys all the best because it's it's a lovely place. When when that ground is, when the wind isn't blowing, that ground is such a beautiful ground to play on because you, you just look out over the sea. So they've, they've kind of built a stand in the way now. But if you're standing at either end, it just looks out over the sea. Or if you're up in the clubhouse, it overlooks the top of the stand and it looks out to sea. And it's it's just lovely. It's It's a really, really nice place to play. Uh, whether they're going to do anything this year, I mean, they had up and down season last year. I'd expect them to be quite close to the top, but I don't think they're going to be, you know, where they hope to be um, on that one. Then we've got Cardigan. Like I say, Cardigan, again, have suffered uh, because of the, the growth in teams around them. So Newcastle, Emily, Nabareron, Aberystwyth, and, and Cardigan just haven't kept pace with them. And they've got no excuse, you know, um, they really should be doing better than where they are. So possibly a revival this year. I've not seen anything coming out of Cardigan to to give me that sense, but you never know. They, they did pull out a couple of decent results last year. Um, and it is a strange pitch to play in because it's completely open on the side of a road. So, you know, sometimes going up to Cardigan is a bit of a weird experience. So who knows? They they may turn something in. They may not. I think the side to watch this year is Haverford West. So I said Narbeth have lost a couple of players and a couple of coaches. They've gone to Hartford West. And obviously we've got the signing of Rob Evans coming back down to Division 3, coming back to his to his heartland. Uh, Rob has, has said that it's temporary. You know, he just wants to put a bit back into... Um, the local game while he's here and there will be a signing uh, for somewhere abroad later in the season. Why that's not at the start of the season, I don't know, but he said he's going abroad later in the season. So be Japan. You know, he might be waiting until the season starts and then he'll bugger off out there. Yeah. Japan yeah, doesn't start until next year. Mm, so... It may, it may be, but, you know, we're going to make the most of Rob while he's there. And I'll be honest, I've seen a couple of decent signings for Haverford West as well. And really, you know, when you go on the size of towns, you know, Haverford West is about the size of pretty much the rest of those put together, possibly if you extract Cardigan. Um, so, you know, it really should be doing a lot better than than what it is. Um, the The... The pitch is good. The setup is good. The the committee there is good. Everybody is dedicated to to making something work in Haverford West, and it just hasn't clicked for the last couple of seasons. So I think that first game back, I think a lot of people will be turning up to see Rob, and it'll be a bit of a fan fest for that first game. So I think that should be quite fun. And I, I, realistically, I'm expecting Haverford West to get out of Division Three next year. Uh, Lan again, unlucky not to last year. I'm expecting 
pretty much the same this year. Langham, I've already had a tonking off Pembroke. Um, it's probably one of the smallest sides in in Wales. Certainly the most difficult clubhouse to find unless you've got, you know, uh, at least three different maps, four different bloody Google maps telling you where to go on a, a diver's helmet and a strong torch. You're not finding Langham uh, uh, Clubhouse. You've never been there, Matt. You, you, honest to God, if unless my, my heart's breaking by you, mate. How can you <laughs> this place down? I'm not this, talking this it down. Our... I'm saying you are. I'm saying you are, you it's are. a nightmare to actually find. And anybody that you're using um... Langham and the word nightmare in the same sentence, talking oh, them down, is... mate. No, it's. Uh, I'm hoping that they've been able to retain some of their youth players from last year. Oh, damn right. Yeah. Um, because it will be good to see some of those players starting to come through. Uh, but Langham is always going to struggle. Yeah, and you know it's it's it pulls players from Haverford West and Nayland and Pembroke Dock, possibly Pembroke as well, uh, Milford. Yeah, but it's one of those sides that it pulls players rather than developing its own players. So, yeah, we'll we'll see what comes of Langham this year. Uh, but I don't think they're going to be if they make anywhere in it, outside the bottom three. I'd be shocked with that. Uh, Nayland very strong again last year. Uh, they're, they're not going to set the world alive, but um, yeah, they are what they are. Um, you know, the, the whole division is is basically every week is a uh, a bit of a. There's always going to be at least one local derby. You know, Nayland, Pembroke, Pembroke Dock, you know, St David's, and that's that division as well. I am expecting more from Pembroke this year. Um, new coach, new setup. A couple of the players have left. Demoted two divisions. Um, they were ring fenced in Division One and had a tonk in. Uh, I think they. I don't think they won a game in Division One for three seasons, and I think that was part of the demotion. And there were too many games where they weren't able to field a side. But numbers at training have been good. Um, I think there's a quite a few boys in that side now that have got a chip on their shoulder. I, I will give a, a shout out to their backs coach. Uh, there's a guy called Darren Gilbert who played scrum half with me all through school and county and all of that kind of stuff. And if anyone else gets a word in at training, I'll be shocked because um, <laughs> he was called the gob for a reason. And uh, yeah, good luck to anybody else actually trying to get a, a, a word in there because yeah, Butch just ain't going to do that. That's not the way it works. Uh, Quinns, again, we expected so much from last season and we, we really didn't deliver much. So, you know, it, it, it's a case of rebuilding from a couple of seasons ago and the rebuilding continues. They had a very young side last year. I think they've retained most of that side. So hopefully that'll be a good season for the Quinns. And then St. David's, again, you know, very similar to, to Fishguard in struggling to um, develop. They, they have to develop their own players. There's attracting players. Probably attracting players to St. David's is easier than to Fishguard because it's just got that kind of uh, sexy kind of feel to it. But, yeah, the, the one and bit... you've got of, the mural to look at. Well, yes, yeah, you've got the, the mural on the side there to look at. But... Uh, the one bit we do know 
view about St. David's is when anyone goes to St. David's, it is compulsory for the visiting team to have fancy dress and drinking games in the clubhouse after. It's, there is no discussion around this. It's compulsory. And any side that doesn't do that is a shit out. And that's pretty much the end mm-hmm. of that story. That's it's compulsory. It's it's just it's so far away. You know, even if so the closest side would be um Haverford West or Fishguard, I think a Harford West would be about a half hour journey. And Fishguard is a good 20, 25 minutes, depending on how many tractors are on the on the top road between the two. So Yeah. You want to go there spending the night, you know. You got yeah, you got definitely. to go there with the plan that you sleep. You're sleeping on the bus, you know. That that is what is it, that is what it is. You're either on the floor of the clubhouse or you're back in the bus. Yeah, I've so I, on the bus on the way back from there. Yeah. So I used to live for a year in Bognor Regis, uh, on the south coast of England, and that was literally literally the end of the line. If the train line went on for another couple of hundred feet, it would have been in the sea. And I'm looking mm-hmm. at the map here. And it looks like a similar kind of arrangement for St. David's. Yeah, St. David's doesn't bother with trains. So uh, uh, <laughs> the train just goes to Fishguard and St. David's doesn't even have a train. So, um, but it is, uh, it's a lovely place to visit, a lovely place to play rugby. The weird it's thing. It's nice with... in the bog now. <laughs> but the weird thing with St. David's is nearly all the players are also um, RNLI boys uh so i I was playing there once and so you've got the main pitch and then you've got the second team pitch there's a hedge and then there's a second team pitch and we were it was in playing youth we were playing on the second team pitch and we had to stop to let the helicopter land to pick up some boys that they'd rescued off the sea um and then the, the the we used to have the big yellow thing back then um yeah, so we had to have like a, a an early half time. So I think we played like thirty minutes, and then another thirty minutes, and then a ten minutes as well, just to let the the helicopter land, evacuate the the, the guy, and then up he goes. And a couple of times, my dad was playing up there, and there'd be a, a they used to have an a, an alarm. So if the alarm would go off. Literally, half the team would just bugger off because <laughs> they had a, an RNLI call out, and they'd have like about twenty subs, and then it was just like, right, you you boys are going to play on your go, and those boys are going to do a call out. It was yeah, really weird. I hate. I, I'm not sure if it's like it now. I don't think so, but that's certainly how it used to be back in the in the seventies and eighties. So yeah, it'd be a shame if it isn't. That that sounds absolutely awesome. <laughs> <laughs> just stopping the game randomly. I got to go save this poor sucker in the middle of the sea. Yeah, yeah that that is brilliant. You know, uh, St David's they they're a, they're a brilliant team. I I love them. I know them and Langham are my teams in this division. And you know, uh, St David's had a, a a bit of a connection with Wales. You know, this year now with the uh, the away jersey for the World Cup being very uh, St David inspired, and mm. it's the one kit I actually like. Yeah, like the black and gold. Wales, yeah. and it's been that way for a very long time. Uh, I'm I'm a little bit different. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit different from you. I backed Haverford West last year, and I, it was a fatal mistake. I think you're doing the exact same thing that I did. Uh, um, I, I think Lana are going to carry carry themselves on this year. Uh, I I love Lan. You know, I've been there a few times, and it's it's such a lovely place. And just because you're so nice, I I want them to succeed. So I'm gonna back <laughs> them. And I, like like you said, I wouldn't be surprised to see you know a 
Pembroke return to winning ways. Mm. So I, I think Lawn and Pembroke are going to be, they'll be my two for this league. What, what about you? How, based on all our discussions, where where do you find in yourself? I'm afraid that St. David's just sounds too good. I'm just going to have to go with that. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's what I like. I yeah. love it. St. David's and Langham. Yeah, you, you stick your head one on and the two. Block, yeah. One and two, but what way? <laughs> and which, which one's black and gold and which one's gold and black? Oh, let's not start that one, Matt. <laughs> West B. Let's just go on to West B. So don't get Hugh talking about kits. Yeah, you've seen his kit stash, yeah, and... Will you I haven't have seen the kit stash. I've seen the box, box with the kit yeah, stash. Oh, oh, trust me. The kit stash is massive. And so Langham and St. David's are basically yeah. the same kit. Yeah. But the argument always was one was yellow with black stripes and the other one was gold with black stripes. No, one, one was black with yellow stripes and one was gold with black stripes. And it was this massive argument for years about who had the right to wear the kit and all of this kind of stuff. And I think one of them had a change kit, which basically had a red stripe through the middle. So it was exactly the same kit. It just had a red stripe through the middle. This is back in the 80s now. But anyway, let's do Division 3 West. Yeah, 3 West B. Uh, this, it, there's not a real lot to talk about, same as with 3 West A. We, we are getting into the proper village sides. I mean, we've got Betos, Binya, Kevin Nathan, Furness, Llandailo, Llandibi, Llangadog, New Dog Stars, Penegros, Tregaran, who've, uh, who've popped over from West A. You know, it's mm. nice to uh, welcome them into the fold. Uh, then you've got Trim Saren and Tumble. And of all of them, you know, uh, Trim Saren were really unlucky not to go up last season just based on, you know, the, the very weird rule of uh, competing against someone in a different division for your promotion spot. I I, I really hmm. don't understand what they managed to do that. Stick them in a playoff or something. Don't don't just let the league decide it. You could have hmm. had St. Clair's and Trim Saren as a, as a one-off at the end of the season to go up. That would have been a better way of doing it for my eyes. Um, I'm expecting pretty much the same. I'm expecting Trim Saren to, to top this just just because I, I, I haven't seen or heard anything from anybody else. I mean, Penny Grice, Penny Grice was up there last year as well. Uh, Tumble is one who are, I, I think they've been perennial underperformers for a while. I know there's a, a lot of give and take with Ponteberum and, you know, how close they all are. But, you know, I, I expect more from Tumble. And, you know, it's, it's a nice place to go as well to play. You know, if, if you want to take the kids as well, there's a lovely path that you can just chuck them in and you can go watch a rugby. It's absolutely brilliant. But, yeah, it, it's going to be more or less the same as last season with mm. Trim Saren the only real standout in there and you know a new place to visit, visit in Trigara and that's that's all there really really is at the minute we'll uh well we I say me and Hill will have a, a deep dive into some of these teams over the year to see how much information we can get out of it uh the only thing I, I can say is there's going to be a, a good few away days you know Flandai Law and Flandai being you know a a fair trek into for some of these teams and uh, new dock stars. I like new dock stars. You know they they're really close to Trostra. They've got this massive fence around their pitch in the clubhouse. It looks really nice, but uh, they are they had their pitch water waterlogged from uh, some uh, council works uh, over the last season or two, and that's finally resolved. So uh, you know 
hopefully they'll be able to train more regular now and not have to look to bloody school's pitches to training nights anymore. So maybe we'll see a bit of a new doc this year. Other than that, this it, it is what it is. I, I can't say much more. We will look into it. But I'm I'm looking at Trim Saren for being the ones to win this league. So, yeah. quick question. All I know about you. Trim Saren is Jiffy. <laughs> so you can tell that as we're going through this, Hugh's like, right, Google that, Google that, Google that. I, I've got no, I something. Knew that already. I knew that already. <laughs> so, new dog stars. And, and I had this conversation with someone last week. Are they old dog stars? And is they old dog mediocre players? Or is they new dog not so good? <laughs> but do, do you know what I mean? It's old I, dog I, is the veteran, just the fifty plus mate. I I love the idea that you got <laughs> with a with a new dog stars, but you're in Division Three West B. Um, you know, it's it it says it screams ambition to me. But then, yeah, sometimes you you just kind of like, yeah, I think they could maybe do it's them. a bit of maybe it's a bit of nominative determinism, which is when you, <laughs> when your name decides what your outcome is going to be. So it's <laughs> like if someone called Thatcher ends up making roofs, you know, something like that. So they're stars. If we call if we call <laughs> stars, if we dress like stars, we will end up being stars. I think there's only one star on the actual badge as well. We like have to, I'll do a little dive in, but you know. But I think there is literally they call New Dock Stars plural, and I think there's only the one on there. It's always been one of those teams that I've kind of gone. Oh, they must be good because you know new. That means like come on, yeah, we we we've regenerated the club, and then docks or you you know, dockers you think that they that's where the hard boys come from and and the stars you know like, ah, that's well, just... the, and the badge i've got here are based on facebook three. there's there's three but they're above the badge like they've won three european titles um, <laughs> i i do see but, that that is that's that's, that's hilarious. It's, it's, you know, it's... them in too them in too long, you know, indist- indistinguishable. <laughs> yeah, maybe um, that's that's the number of Doc Stars teams they've got rid of before them. Yeah, they got rid of the old Doc Stars, they got rid of the Doc Stars, they got rid of the newer Doc Stars. It's just new Doc Stars left. Doc Star, no. So, anyway, let's Doc have Star a is the even newer, yeah, or <laughs> it'd be like Star Trek uh, regeneration <laughs> or whatever it is. Um, all right, so let's have a, a look. Finally, the the last couple of teams in the region, Mark, in five west. How do we, why why is there nobody in four west central? And then where does west central come into it, mate? Because we got division five west central, uh, but why are they not in like division three? Or oh, I give up. Well, th- this is one of the questions I put out too in my. Uh my little splurge about this new elite league and all that earlier, you know, why, why are these teams who are, you know, they are commandantship teams. They mm. are under, you know, under our governance. Why are they playing somewhere else? I mean, I, I don't get it, especially Pontiac, who are, you know, they, they're further west than Tumble and Pontebaran. You know, why, why are they, mm. why are they playing in basically, a, you know, a Swansea Bridgend league when they're this far west? I mean, it, it it does boggle the mind with some of these, same as Pennebank, you know, they're, they're an arm and foot side. So, yeah, I, I can understand why maybe they were put there, but, but at the same time, you know, all the local teams are, you know, playing in a diff- completely different 
pathway to you. So it, it does make mm-hmm. it a bit more more difficult. But we've got these three. We've got Pantafanan, Pantafanan. We've got mm-hmm. Penderbank and Pont Yates. Uh, they they didn't exactly like the world they liked last year. You know, uh, if I can grab my league cables up here, they finished Pontiac sixth, Penderbank ninth, and Pantafan eleven. Which you know we're not exactly set in the world of light. Uh, what I will say is something I've seen on the off season is Pontiac have had some new coaches in, and you know the things I'm seeing, they are looking, you know, they're looking pretty good. So they they are going to be my uh, my number one team for this league. I I know obviously there's a lot of uh, more West Central teams in there that will uh, have something to say. You know teams like you know Seven Sisters, Penland. They're going to be like whoa whoa whoa. What are you doing talking about these boys? This is this is our area. This is our league. You know I I'm back in Pontiac to do it, and you know Penabank and Pantavan and we again these are two teams who I then your local village teams. You know, you are just hopeful to you know get your match day out, have your minis and juniors set up. You know, you're pinked after the game. It, this is the the true, true heart of our game. So it, it's it's we want to see these clubs play in, thrive in, not just survive in. So I'm gonna be contacting these ones specifically to see if uh, if we can chat with a couple of them. But no, Pontiac, I'm expecting good things from them this year, and fingers crossed. We'll see them in the West, not West Central, from next season mm. onwards. Mm. Cool. So that kind of that brings to the end of our uh, men's anyway uh, uh, rugby community rugby uh, list. So on top of that, we've got the women's game, we've got the girls' hubs, we've got um, Jewish Shield games, Jewish Shield teams, we've got, uh, she spoke about mixed ability already, we've got Scarlet East West at under 17, I don't sure how that's going to work with under 16s, Jewish Shield and all of that kind of stuff. So there's a whole load of other rugby on top of this, plus we've got seven aside tournaments, and we've got veterans um, teams as well to to bring in. So there's a lot of rugby in West Wales. There's an awful lot of rugby in West Wales to cover. So we're going to do our best to cover it all through the season. Um, and Hugh's going to have a really, really steep learning curve <laughs> on, on, uh, well, on, on West Wales. Just done a quick count. We've just rattled through 62 teams. I oh, know 64 if you include the Premiership side. Yeah, that's a lot to get through. This is why we only did the West last year, Matt. Because yeah, this, this is why we're going to be splitting it. It's just, it's just way too many yeah, to do in one. Many. Like I, I, I think we've scored nine. I think it was 19 at the last count in the West and mm. 29 in the East. But that's not including like any of the mixabilities, the women's, mm. the girls' hubs, and none of that. So this. This really is a, a massive area for rugby. I know mm. in terms of, uh, well, how, how many clubs are there in, in Wales? And like 280, something like that, isn't it? And, you know, to say that we've got you know, 50 odd of them, you know, in this real small section of the country, because that is what we are, you know, especially population wise, you know, it's, it's absolutely incredible. Mm. So, um, that's what's to come. So, I just want to catch up with. Pembrokeshire Cups. We touched on this last week and we had the results for... Well, we, I can't remember who we did last week. So, Milford ten, and Aberdeen, we done? So we did Milford, lost 
22-30 to Abraham Iran. Tembi beat Cardigan 29-16 and Aberystwyth had a walkover against Fishguard. So Pembroke. So all Wales sport are saying 50 points to nil, but I don't think it was. I think it was more than that. Um, but I'll have to go back and have a look through social media. And they've also got the wrong name down there. They've gone Harry Tudor, which is the, the local school. So I think that's why it's capped at 50 because in schoolboy rugby, it, Stops at fifty, so I'm sure it was more than than that. Um, and then we've got Pembroke.quin. So this is the result that kind of perked my interest. So Pembroke.quin's twenty three, Whitland sixteen. So we've been talking about the issues that Whitland have been having, whether or not they they weren't fully committing to the to the cup, which is an issue we've spoken about before. But fair due to the Quins. What I will say is the Quins beat Narbeth in the first round of the Cup last year um, and Narbeth lost their first two games and then went on to win the Cup and and the Quins didn't. So, um, yeah, still a good win for the Quins. Haverford West beat Nayland 23-6. You know, and again, that's Haverford West and Nayland is one of those ones where the police... Yeah, where the police are always on standby with that. Um, especially when it's in Nayland, because it's just it just descends into a bloodbath. So Hartford West twenty three six is a really good win for them there. Um, and then Narbeth, this is Narbeth Athletic. This is the seconds. Um, so they beat Saint David's twenty four thirteen. Um, in what was by all accounts a really good game. Um, a couple of days ago. So yeah, so that's that's the Pembrokeshire Cup. So far, there are no further fixtures planned on that. Um, so we'll... Am I right in thinking that's all of round one completed now? Because you know, there's seven fixtures in there. That's that's more or less all the Pembrokeshire done, isn't it? I have no idea at all, and I don't think <laughs> most people that play in the Pembrokeshire Cup have got any decent idea of whether that's right or not. So there's <laughs> there's one. Um, uh, one game that I want to just kind of one friendly that I want to bring to everyone's attention from last week, not because it involves anyone in our region, because it the doesn't. Name. It's simply the name. So Cardiff Quins, thirty three, and the Bethay Chuckles nineteen. Now to me, that's that's right up there with New Dog Stars. And what was the side from Bristol that we had? Things Crusaders. That's the way. We'll see how they go. <laughs> it's to to me. That's what we should be looking for. We should be looking for people like the Bedai Chuckles for our our teams to oh, watch. Oh. But... So Dings beats uh, Bargoid um, twenty eight seventeen. Mm. I think oh. I think all of us need a lesson on how to pronounce some of these because, like, we we already spoke about Dewi Dewi. Dewey, whatever last week, and you know, yeah. you you just said bear thy chuckles. I read that bear that, you know, it's it, better. It, it's better. Yeah, my uncle lives there. I'm from there, everyone calls it bear that. I know it's really? really weird. Yeah, I've always pronounced that bear they. Same anyway. as uh, same as like pen cord, pen coid. It, it, it depends on where you are. It's really, really well, I, weird. I get confused by Ponty Yates. Is it Ponty? Ponty Eight or Pont Yates. It's I go and Pont Yates. Mm. Oh, look, there's another one. Blackwood Stars. 
maybe that's within Ooh. that's where the old dock stars went. They went over to Blackwood, so they're the Blackwood dock stars. They they went up the M4. Maybe that's what it is. Guys, we thank you. Yes, yeah. So um the the community game season kicks off this weekend. So um it's 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 going to be uh, a hell of a start to the season. It really is. And a massive humdinger. Yeah. And so we're, we're looking at, you know, 2nd of September, some massive, massive games. And like we said last year, all through last year, just go and see what, go and watch your clubs. You know, there's no excuses this week. There's no rugby world cup on. There's no friendlies on and there's no URC. So go and watch local sites. Go and find someone to go and, and watch. And if you're struggling to go and watch someone, go on to all the way to sport and and find the, the the divisions that are close to you and go and go and watch someone there. Because there'll be somebody close to you playing a game. Maybe not you, Hugh, but there'll be somebody close to everybody else that will be playing a game and yeah just go and make the most of it while you can because if you don't you know what this is going to be a challenge for who now for this week what is your most local rugby team playing in the wiu leagues oh that'd be chess uh, well it'll be it, it'll be yeah someone in in east wales hmm. be someone on the, on the border chess. we need to find out Chepster was right is, on the border, and, and we're gonna and we're gonna make him become an, an honorary fan, a member, mm. a lifetime member of the club. That's that's the goal for this season. It's it's either Chepstow or Caldicott, um, because I played in one, I played a game in one of them, and got pissed in the club. In 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 the we went from one place to the other. And I was sitting there having a beer with a guy who was playing a piano and he was getting absolutely tanked. And we got to two o'clock in the morning and he steps on the bus and starts driving the bus. Honest to God, I have never sobered up so quick in my entire <laughs> life. I, I literally, I went on the back seat next to the, the fire exit. I was, I was 19, back seat, fire exit, and put the, the, the seat belt on. And uh, yeah, and we've just got you a nickname, Fire Exit. <laughs> so dead. <laughs> uh, long time ago, boys. Long time ago. Right. So I think the I think the the place that I've heard of uh, would be Bills Wells. No, um, well, that's, that's... that's not right on the border, but I know I've heard, I've heard it come out. I've I've heard it come out of Phil Steele's mouth. So that's <laughs> that's the that's the team I've heard of. Yeah, I think he's um, chairman there now or something. He's only chairman or something. Anyway, Hugh's mission for next week is to find himself the most bizarre named team to uh, to support, Ooh. and that that'll be that'll be Hugh's. <laughs> and it's not allowed to be bare thy chuckles because we've had that one already. <laughs> or things crusaders. Yeah. Right, gents. Uh, pleasure as always. Really looking forward to the community game season starting i think it's going to be an absolutely fantastic season uh and then we've got the rugby world cup and then we've got the urc um this is going to be immense it's going to be an absolutely mental season really looking forward to it 
been a long one tonight, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, th- I think they're going to be uh, long ones for a little while, you know. That's why we're splitting them, you know. Yeah. We didn't even get onto the fixtures this week. It's just way yeah. too much to go way through. Way too much especially, to go through. Especially adding the World Cup into it. This is going to yeah. be a hectic few weeks for us and everyone. Uh, anyway, we shall catch up again and do this all next week. And in the meantime, gents, enjoy your rugby. I shall see you next week. All the best. Pleasure as always, boys. Ta-ra. Ta-ra. Thank you for listening to this week's show. Please subscribe and share as it really helps to grow the Scarlet family. You can contact us in all the usual social media platforms or on scarletspems at gmail.com. Join us again next week for more of the same. And in the meantime, enjoy your rugby. Podcast Network.